0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show
1: description to support now.
0: From what goes on media, this is Backstage With, taking you behind the scenes with your favorite actors and creatives in the world of musical theater. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage with Claire House at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane where she's playing Peggy Sawyer in the West End revival of 42nd Street. If you've seen the show you know just how hard working and what an incredible dancer Claire is. I was so excited to meet her after seeing the show a couple of times earlier this year. What was even better was to get to her dressing room you have to go across the stage, which is enormous by the way and they keep all the big set pieces just off to the side, and the show itself doesn't even use the whole stage. Just behind the main backdrop, there's a quick change area, and that's where they keep those big steps that come out at the end for the final number. Claire's dressing room is off one of the wings stage left, and as you'll hear, it's bigger than many London flats. Here's our conversation. Thank you for having me. Your dressing room is quite substantial. Thank you. It's, it's, I'm
1: very proud of you've it. Got
0: like, is it. Is it two rooms stuck yeah. together with a proper front door?
1: Yeah, it's like it feels like a little apartment. Do you know what I mean? You come in down these little stairs yeah. and then as you come in on the left, I've got a little room with my makeup area and my costumes and that's really where I spend most of my time. And then this room that you and I are in right now is like... I've got a little bed and I can chill out in here and... It's all decorated. Yeah,
0: tell me about the decorations.
1: (laughs) This room was quite plain when I first came here, and one of the most amazing men in the West End, Murray Lane, who's a dresser, who's just infamous for being like fabulous, was like, "Darling, I need to decorate your dressing room." So he's hung like these drapes, and even um, the head carpenter, maybe like a little bookshelf here. And I've got cushions, like handmade cushions by Murray Lane. And it's
0: all coordinated.
1: I know. I I love that
0: the the, the drape there is the colour of the Singing in the Rain poster. I know.
1: That Singing in the Rain poster was already here when I got here, so I felt like it was meant to be because that was the show I did before this. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, everything seems to coordinate with it, which is crazy because I'm the least coordinated person in the world.
0: (laughs) No, it's really cute and it's really cosy. Thank you. I'd be quite happy here on a two-show day, just (laughs) chilling. So Peggy Sawyer... In 42nd Street, you are very much the star of the show.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um,
0: I've got to admit, when I first saw it, I thought it was an injustice that you didn't get. The, the final <gasps> big
1: bow. <battle.
0: laughs> and I that was going
1: on. It sounds really nice of you to say, but actually I feel like I get a little moment because I, I bow mm-hmm. and then I go off, do a quick change and we've got this encore, this massive tap finale, and I kind of feel like I get a cheeky little extra moment. You so, do. You
0: have the last word. Yeah, a little
1: time <laughs> to shine.
0: What was the audition process like for that part? Because they must have put you through your paces to make sure that you could do what you can do.
1: Yeah, it was really gruelling, actually. It was fun, but it was gruelling. So I think I did about six or seven rounds for this show, and it was all the American creative team were all over, and they were fairly pushed for time because of course they were you know they were just flown over for like two weeks or something so the whole thing was very you do it and you do it quickly and you do it well kind of thing of course that American energy is really exciting and it is quite competitive and but you kind of want to do do it well for them and so yeah I think I, I came in and started off just auditioning As ensemble, I wasn't being particularly seen for Peggy. And then, as the process went on, they started to give me some script and some songs for Peggy. And I started to do little bits of the Peggy movement. And then, about audition six, I was paired up with Stuart Neal, who was our original. Billy and we'd met each other once we'd done like this random grease gig up north and when I was paired with him I was thinking oh now I really want it because he's so talented and also he's quite little so I was thinking oh maybe they need a little Peggy to go with a small Billy and so my hopes started to like get up but I was trying not to hope too much. You start
0: overthinking every decision. Oh my goodness
1: you start to analyse everything and you start to suddenly like picture yourself at Drury Lane thinking oh I can really see myself there. <laughs> and then it's always dangerous because you don't necessarily get it of course
0: was it like that whole movie audition where you're on the stage in a theater was it that kind of environment or was it just normal actually we
1: were in studios okay. um lots and lots and lots of girls it was crazy how many girls were in that studio so it was like you really had to fight to be seen but yeah very much what you'd imagine if you would see an audition you know, like that kind of chorus line, you know, the show chorus yeah, line yeah. that very much like in lines, bam, 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 do it again. And and then you'd be brought forward or you'd be put back and then there'd be cuts and people would be sent away. And it it was like very typical of that audition kind of. Old school auditioning.
0: Was that the first process like that that you'd been through or had you done loads like that before?
1: Um, I've been through quite a lot where there's been a lot of rounds. So that doesn't really kind of get to me anymore. I just think just keep going as long as you can kind of thing. At the time, it was slightly different. What with it being the American team, I think. And our director, Mark Bramble, also co-wrote the book. And I don't think I've ever been in that situation before where it's the kind of original writer right there of a show that's been going for so long. It was quite intense, I yeah. suppose, and different in that sense. And i you know, not done that many tap auditions, actually. So it's quite challenging because you're in a really loud room. Everyone's tapping and everyone learns tap in a different way. I'm quite oral. Like, I like to hear and then do, but of course if you're in a really loud room sometimes you're like, what What was that step?
0: And then how did you find out that you got the role?
1: Um, I think it was a few weeks after the last audition, so we were waiting a little while (laughs) I was up in Kilworth House working at that point in Leicestershire I got a phone call while I was in the supermarket from my agent and they told me and I was literally like, it's the most exciting feat, there's nothing like it in the world. There you were
0: amongst the cold cuts (laughs)
1: Yeah, literally, like, it's so funny because you it's just you as well. And you're like, I'm really excited right now, but I'm in a supermarket. So obviously I just, you know, rang my husband or boyfriend at the time and rang my mum. Did you and,
0: abandon your shop?
1: Yeah, just abandon. <laughs> Enough of that.
0: <laughs> From that point, how did you prepare for this beast of a show? How did you train and prepare yourself?
1: I tried to do quite a lot for this particular show. Immediately I was like, right, I need to get my tap really really as much as good as I possibly can I hadn't actually tapped that much in heels before which for any dancer out there like just make sure you do your classes in your heels as well because you're so used to that kind of American like modern style in your flats but it's really different in your heels so I got to lots of classes I even went to a class in New York because I'd booked a holiday there anyway so I went a class there and I went a lot of singing lessons because I'm naturally a high singer and I knew that I'd been lucky enough to get a job that was really belty and really a lot lower and I wanted to show the change in Peggy as well from when she starts singing at the beginning and then at the end I wanted to show like a more mature sound and all that so I went to see different singing teachers and script wise I went to see a dialect coach because I wanted to do that justice but actually that was really lucky because I'm, I'm from Allentown Pennsylvania well that's where Peggy's from and the dialect coach said actually that is quite a general accent there it's nothing too specific so those were the main things I did and then once you get into rehearsals then you kind of feel confident that you've at least done some prep
0: yeah and you're in someone else's hands then but that's it you've really put the work in
1: I think it was the biggest part of ever got the biggest opportunity so I was like right I'm gonna try and do all the prep I can
0: and what was that time frame
1: I think it was around August I got offered the job and then we started at the end of January so oh, it's so a good had few a months time. yeah that's good
0: because it's very psychologically then you're not going oh my god I've got six weeks to
1: yeah although weirdly because it was quite a long time anxiety for the first day was just huge because you're kind of like oh this massive thing is coming up i hope i can do it
0: lots of people say that to me it's like oh my god what if i forget my own name and all of that yeah and that whole first day thing. the first
1: day because this is a massive cast and then there was a massive creative team all the crew everyone were there that first circle when you were in a circle saying your name was terrifying i was like there's so many people
0: what do you have to say? Do you have to introduce the role? Do you have to say, I'm, I'm Claire and I'm also playing Peggy? Yeah. And, yep. and is, does that add pressure, do you think, when you're playing a part rather than just being in the ensemble?
1: I don't know. I felt really proud. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, well, and i played Peggy. <laughs> that's because
0: so many people would be like, oh, I was so scared because I was like in a big part.
1: Everyone's just generally terrified on that day.
0: So. <laughs> but after about 10 minutes, it must be fine.
1: Yeah, literally, it's just that first few moments are like scary.
0: And when you're in a show week... You must have to eat like an athlete.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah, I eat quite a lot of food. And I realised that, like, fairly quickly that I had to. It's really important because there's nothing, literally nothing worse than getting halfway through and, and flagging because then you're like, well, I'm not going to be able to do it properly. And then that really upsets me because I want to give it 100% every day. Uh, without fail. So, yeah, I, I eat quite a lot, but then not too much sometimes in between shows because then you get a, like jiggly tummy. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's balance, isn't it? Yeah. You said you hadn't done that much tapping heels. When did you start dancing? When did you sort of start your journey to Peggy Sawyer without knowing you were going to be Peggy Sawyer one day?
1: I know. I, yeah, I started when I was four, started really young, and I feel like it does sound a bit cheesy, but actually, I really believe what you just said. I feel like everything for me kind of built up to this special moment in my life for me playing Peggy Sawyer but I started tap a bit later I really liked it when I started but I was behind so I always had a slight fire in my belly to catch up with the other girls and boys so I started tap when I was about I think I was about 9 or 10 and then I did quite a lot of dance competitively in festivals across the country and that was a huge part of my life and was very involved with the drama at school, doing all the productions there, and then left school at 18 and went to Arts Ed. And that's when I started training professionally.
0: Did you grow up in London? Was theatre a big part of your upbringing?
1: I grew up in Hertfordshire. I was born in Hemel Hempstead. And I would say it really began with dance, and then because of that, my parents obviously would take me to a lot of musicals and the ballet and all of that. And all my family, really, especially my parents, became really involved in theatre. So it kind of took over our lives. And like I say, the the competitions, the, like my mum and dad used to make all the costumes. Yeah, it was a really big part of our lives. Well, it's paid off. Yeah, wasn't I, was, I, was, I was really happy to tell my parents when I got this part because I thought all that kind of sewing leaves on costumes and like sewing my ballet shoes and all that was kind of something that I could be proud of to tell them
0: and then you got to go and do it at the Olivier's what was that like <gasps> so what was that just tell me about that day <laughs>
1: That day was just epic because, well, first of all, it's on a Sunday, so you've just finished your eight-show week and you're like, oh, but so exciting. Like, everything that whole day, you just have to keep your adrenaline at bay because, you know, you've got to last the whole day. You've got your rehearsals and then, for me, it was completely crazy because I was lucky enough to be able to go out front for some of the show because Randy Skinner, our choreographer, was nominated. So I literally was hopping between between back and front of stage, because we did a rehearsal, I was in costume. Then I got all done up, got my long dress on, went out front, came into the auditorium, watched like watched Hamilton do the opening. And as I was sat there, I was thinking, I'm gonna be on that stage in a minute. Rushed backstage, like, got into my costume, got my wig on, and then suddenly found myself in the wings of that very same like stage I'd just been looking at and thinking I am literally about to walk on that stage and sing on my own and then the whole ensemble just came in through the auditorium so they were all in their like sparkly gold just came through up onto the stage and then we did a couple of dance numbers but it was one of the most incredible experiences like looking out at the Royal um, Albert Hall is just like oh wow it's just gorgeous
0: when you're performing something that is in your muscle memory that you do eight times a week is it weird to then go and do it somewhere else does do do you kind of have to think for a second hang on where am i
1: yeah our resident choreographer simon is really good at kind of rejigging everything to make it work for any space that we're in the things i find hard really like maybe a bit boring things but like our stage is really raked so it's really sloped and like a lot of the turns and stuff that I do my body is adjusted to do it on a hill so when we got to the Royal Albert Hall or any of the other spaces we've we've danced in it's often on flat so your body weight shifts and then the floor's often quite different like often for them when they're televising things they use a really shiny floor and it's really slippy so you're like having to cling on a bit more and adjust everything and for I, that. I guess
0: that means you're kind of ten- changing your centre of gravity and tensing yeah, a bit. And...
1: Yeah, and then you get back on the rake and you're like, oh, this feels weird again. <laughs> but it's like tiny adjustments that hopefully no one would notice, but you and yourself just in your head have to just like make the quick changes.
0: In that millisecond that you've yeah,
1: got. Yeah, yeah, and, and your rehearsals aren't that long on those days. Like you often get like a 20-minute slot, something like that, so you don't get that much time to readjust in your brain, what you're trying to do.
0: You've stayed with this show for its entire run in the West End. Will it be hard to move on when we when we get to January and, it, and it's over?
1: Yeah, really hard. I think when I just met you earlier, I was saying, like, when I said seven weeks left now, I almost, I'm in denial that that's actually, like, when that comes up my mouth, I think, oh, my goodness, seven weeks has been my whole life for nearly two years. And not only the show, but, like, the people I've met, from the cast to the sound, like, different... The dresses. like, I've met a lot of cool people. I think that would be hard to leave behind. I'm also really fatigued, so... <laughs> I think I'll look forward to a bit of a rest. But, yeah, like, emotionally, I feel really sad. I just love it so much. It's so fun. Well, you,
0: you can tell, when, especially when the stairs come out at the end and you're all going for it, that you're just having the time of your life. But, but also, when the stairs do come out and the music stops... I was in tears because I was just, I've never been, I love musicals and I've seen a lot of them, but I've never been like really to any really, really dancey ones. I was just besotted with this the minute I saw it because when mm. the music stops and you're all just going for it, it's just... It's overwhelming because it's impressive in a really simplistic way.
1: I totally agree. Like, to watch it, it just hits a nerve, I think, because it's just rhythmical and, like, joyous. And because there's so many of us as well, when the music chops out and it's just, like, 50 feet tapping, it just gets you doesn't it i think and it feels it feels good on stage so i'm glad that it feels good to watch as well our ensemble works so hard they are so hard working so it's nice that they kind of get a payoff as well at the end because it's so grand that bit that i feel like they really get like their time as well to shine
0: when you first started the run and, and you had all these overwhelming moments when you're sort of still getting used to them what was it like emotionally were you after the first night for instance
1: first night is always like extreme really extreme emotions like i found it really nerve-wracking but then really really fun the audience were amazing and then then, of course, press night, similar feelings. Like, we had royalty in the royal box. We had the Duchess of Cambridge in. And then you had all these, you know, everyone's important, like, family, everyone. And then the celebrities on top of that. But I think the adrenaline is so huge that sometimes your kind of, like, judging of things just can go, whoo, like, really expansive. So it's actually quite nice after that to, like, relax into the yeah. into what you're doing and just really listen and take it all in a bit more because I think the first few weeks when it's just so adrenaline fueled it's it feels a bit crazy. (laughs) I suppose
0: were you going home and feeling like the whole day been a whirlwind and you hadn't actually properly been able to focus on any one thing? Yeah
1: because you're rushing around as well when you get in because everything's new and even the quick changes and stuff you're still getting used to them so everything even backstage is is quite tense whereas now you know you get your little moments to have a have a little chat with people and your quick changes are like such a doddle now i quite enjoy the little time afterwards when you can sort of get to know it a bit better
0: when it is all new and and fast and scary did anything go wrong
1: we've definitely had moments luckily in the like opening weeks everything went very smoothly i think and things do go smoothly like it's very impressive especially the stairs. Like, we've only ever had a fault twice touch wood where they didn't come forward. Oh, God. Um, and we didn't know, like, Peggy and Billy have been on stage pretty much the whole time. So the cast have all gone off stage halfway through the, the big sequence and they're quick-changing, ready to come over the stairs. And they get an alarm and they, they're all told, you're just going to have to go on <laughs> with no stairs. So they just came on on the flat. And just did it, OK. And then so me and Stuart Neal at the time, he was playing Billy, it's Ashley Day now, turned around and just there's no stairs you look up and, and no you go there. and then you feel like really bad for the audience so you start to like really try and give it your all to try and make sure they're still really enjoying it and of course sometimes people don't know any difference so they really enjoyed it anyway that's probably been our biggest thing I mean I've fallen over a lot a lot a lot actually
0: was that at times <laughs> when you could style out as sort of Peggy in the first I half I don't or? know
1: really if there was any styling out it was more just like poof and then that realisation, you can't kind of like, bounce back up. I've got this, like, little kind of sexy bit with Billy where we do this little, like, tap. And it's meant to be kind of quite, like, you know, sensual and all of this. And I fell over once... And then I was like, oh, that's embarrassing. I don't feel very sexy right now. And then I fell over again, like immediately afterwards. I was like, what's happening? I was like, bam, your on ice. Um, so I didn't style that out. And another time I fell over was literally on the button of the finale of the end of the show. And I just sort of rolled, kept rolling and just finished on my bum and gave it a strong jazz hand. (laughs) So I was like, if in doubt, just give a jazz hand and smile. Did you get an an
0: extra big cheer for that?
1: I reckon. I reckon they enjoyed it.
0: You've played up as, you know, Sheena Easton and Lulu and then you had Steph Parry come in. And then Bonnie. What's it been like working with, with all those strong ladies?
1: Honestly, can't believe my luck. They're all incredible in their own way. And like you say, like, strong women that I want to be like, every single one of them. Like, Sheena was with us for a whole year. So her strength and her voice was just amazing every single night. And she, she cared so much about it. It was really impressive. She's also, like, really witty and dry, which is fun. Lulu's really spiritual, and she just kind of came in and embraced everyone. It was amazing. Um Steph Parry was just awesome because she just stepped up and she was so sassy and she's a lot taller than all the others. And of course we were already proud because she's been our understudy that she was taking on the role. And then we're finishing with Bonnie, who again, like such a strong lady, she is incredible, like every single night. I, I fell in love with her the minute I saw her, actually. Like I love them all, but in rehearsals when I saw Bonnie, I was like, right, that is what I'm gonna be like just now and forevermore. and well, you could
0: be, because she was she was Peggy Sawyer. I know,
1: I'm thinking, maybe I'll come back in a few years. Maybe,
0: next revival. <laughs> yeah. That could be you. <laughs> you never know. Who would be your dream Dorothy Brock?
1: Do you know what we were all saying at one point? We're like, wouldn't it be amazing if Catherine Zeta-Jones came back? Because <laughs> she was the original Peggy in the 80s here, and she came to see us, and she brought her little good luck scarf from when she was Peggy, and we were all saying, oh, wouldn't it be so nice if she came back? Or, like, a massive Broadway diva like your Patti LuPone or someone like oh, that God, or imagine? just someone oh, you know she'd
0: be amazing yeah there are so many we could keep. yeah you've served as an understudy a little bit very much like Peggy what did you bring from your own experience to play Peggy
1: yeah I've understudied quite a lot in my time the last understudying I did was in Gypsy I was understudying Gemma Sutton who is another person I love <laughs> I love her so much she's so good and she was playing Dainty June in Gypsy I found it a lot of pressure because Imelda Staunton was obviously playing Mama Rose, and I just wanted to do it well. And it was hard for Imelda when she had different understudies on, like anyone. People bring, you know, a different energy or whatever. And so I was trying to bring my own thing to the part, but also do it as true to the direction that Gemma had had and all of these things. You find a sort of quite a big strength within yourself because it is really scary when it's someone as amazing as Imelda Staunton and you want to be good for her. Um, so I suppose learning that you dig deep and you will do it, you know, it might not be perfect, but you will give it a good go. I suppose i transfer that across to Peggy because she gets given like a good old opportunity and she kind of grabs it. And I suppose you have to have that like fire in your belly when you're the actress as well as... How Peggy Sawyer. Absolutely.
0: If
1: <laughs> that makes sense. What was it like working with Imelda? She's absolutely insane. She is amazing. Like, her work ethic is like nothing I've ever seen in my whole life. In rehearsals, she would sit with her script in every break. And yet she, you know, she was fun. She'd have a chat and all of that. But I loved watching her in rehearsals. She would discuss everything with the director. And she would offer all these amazing, like, insights into the character. And then... Eight shows a week, I mean, she just never took a sick day apart from, like, one day, which was, you know, she just couldn't help it that day. But other than that, she was just, like, a pillar of strength. And she gave her all every night. And she'd often say to us just how important it is to, you know, sometimes on a Monday she'd be, like... It feels like a Monday, but you have to be given as good as you are going to give on a Saturday night. So I learned a lot from watching her because I didn't do ever so much in that show. I was, it was quite a small role, so I had time to just, like, observe. <laughs> That's
0: kind of what you want, isn't it? Yeah. it's, like, an excuse just to watch.
1: Totally. Honestly, I learned probably the most on that job than any other just because you had time to be, like, ah, and Lara Pulver as well. I was just, like, take it on, like, become her because she's so good.
0: Yeah, I saw it in Chichester and I just, both of them, it was so good. You made your Western debut in a, in a little-known show. Um, <laughs> not many have heard of it. No, uh, tiny. Called, uh, Wicked. <laughs> yeah. um, was it intimidating to, to start in such a big production?
1: Yeah, definitely was. I think I was about 21, 22, maybe. And I'd gone for the open auditions because... I'd had an agent at that point, but obviously I wasn't known to anyone because I was fresh out of college. And so I went along to the opens and I was quite proud that I managed to get it through an open audition. But when I got in the room, obviously I was kind of aware that I was maybe on the younger end of the cast and all of that. It is a little bit intimidating, yeah, because it's a big show and I was stepping into someone else's Shoes. I wanted to do it justice, all of that. It was an amazing show to begin with because I don't think anything ever lives up to that show. It's just the music, everything. It makes you feel amazing. And dancing, the, that kind of choreography was really cool. And
0: then from Wicked, you went into Shrek. Was that next?
1: I did Hairspray after Wicked, Do you know what? Yeah. I saw that. Did you? I saw you in the
0: Hairspray oh, tour. I that's was in, so funny. I was at University of Nottingham.
1: No way. And uh,
0: I wrote for the student magazine, so I got press tickets and came and oh, saw... Yeah. how yeah. funny. So I remember that, clear as day. It was yeah. great. Sandra Marvin got, like, four standing ovations.
1: And yeah. Boston,
0: it was <laughs> <I know>. ridiculous.
1: <laughs> She's in Emmerdale now. Is she? Yeah. What? Yeah, she was incredible. That was another one where I was, like, jumped in at the deep end and just went for it. And and amazing cast. We had Michael Ball. It was the first national tour, so it was quite exciting. And it was my first part. I got to play Amber Von Tussle. I was, like, kind of learning the trade, in a way, that one, because you were singing on your own every day and... Learning how to look after your voice and tour the country as well. Then
0: it was Shrek, and that was yeah. that was here. I
1: think that was Shrek, yeah. So you that done, was here. you've done
0: three shows here, yeah. And now you're in the big dressing room.
1: I know. I've gone from the top floor to the bottom floor. I'm like, I'm so excited. <laughs> Were you in the first cast of Shrek? I was in the second cast of Shrek, and then I remember I was backstage in the wings because I played Tweedle <laughs> I was in my fat suit and my clown shoes, playing a little man and um, the auditions for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory were happening. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can play another little fat man because I was auditioning for an (laughs) Oompa Loompa for another year. Of course, like, went for the auditions, got it. I was like, this is obviously my thing, playing little kind of comedy men.
0: And the Olivier for...
1: Small fat man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That show had quite... um... Because of the whole Amanda Holden thing, what was it like being part of, obviously you were second cast, but who was your Princess Fiona? We had
1: um, Kimberly Walsh Walsh. and Carly Stenson.
0: I saw Carly, I think. Yeah, she was great. What was it like being on the inside looking out? when there was all that going on about celebrity castings and understudies and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. It kind of began at that point. It's sort of been happening a bit and then it really was starting to roll at that point, wasn't it? Felt it felt like
0: that was the time when it was the most criticised. Now it kind of happens and it's a like Yeah, yeah. But- and
1: I'm, I'm hoping they paved the way for proving that a lot of celebrities are really justified in getting the job because they are... Really good, especially someone like Carly Stenson. Like she's massively hardworking, and she's really like forged her own way in her musical career. And she never took it for granted. She's really kind, and like you could tell that she was hardworking. She's
0: really
1: in her credits. Yeah, I do believe that as well. From the inside, it was just it was a great, fun show. I feel like it was a good ensemble show because we got little moments, and of course, I was understudying teenage Fiona, so I had a little time to do that.
0: Did you get much for that?
1: A fair bit, yeah. But more importantly, that show, I made a really good friend as well. So I kind of see that show as like having a right giggle. (laughs) With, with my friend, when my Tweedle to my Tweedledee.
0: I was reading your bio earlier, and it said you did a workshop for Frozen. Was that
1: oh, yeah. the Disney Frozen? Well, yeah, because originally Peter Darling was choreographer for Frozen. Oh, yeah, and he did loads of workshops here, and I was all involved, and I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then everything changed, and they, I don't really know the ins and outs, but they ended up going with an American choreographer, and of course it was all... That was when
0: Michael Brandage all went in and changed. Yeah, yeah,
1: everything. I've kind of got that on my CV, but it's perhaps a little bit of a, <laughs> a funny one because it turned out to be a different choreographer in the no, end. I but... you still did it. So well, yeah, of... and I was like, I have to put that in there because it was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so were you working
0: with, like, the proper material?
1: and? Oh, yeah. I mean, we had the, the MD over from America and everything, and I feel like I had a little insight to some of what it could have been. I mean, it's, am- it's going to be amazing as it is now, but Peter Darling is so, like, creative and... He did it in a way that was really intricate. And we were doing that lovely song where Anna, like, comes out of the gates. You know that one when she sings about... Oh, like,
0: First Time in Forever. Yeah, yeah, that
1: one. And we were all playing, like, with the different people in the castle. And it was really intricate. But, alas, it will never be.
0: <laughs> you've got that. You can remember. So I
1: can. And when it comes here, I hope it comes here. I'll oh, be sure first to go and see it. Sure. Yeah.
0: When I say, what do you want to do next? Lots of people say, oh, I want to originate. Which is... you know everyone loves to originate yeah but if you could pick another revival to do and a part in that revival what show would you choose
1: ooh well I have a little one coming up actually which is probably what I might have chosen
0: are you allowed to talk about it
1: I think I'm allowed to talk about it now yeah so next I'm doing Guys and Dolls oh brilliant which is actually my dream role I'm playing Sarah Brown and that would have probably been my choice anyway because I've always wanted to play that part and we're going to do it in Paris and it's a Stephen Mear production Uh, oh Brilliant. So that would have been my choice, I think. I'm trying to think of what other revivals i choose. A lot of them are being done as well. Like, I've always loved... I love this era of musicals. Like, I love White Christmas, and they're doing that at Leicester right now. I think that would be gorgeous. And I always love Singing in the Rain, but I was lucky enough to do that one, so I ticked that one off. Where did yeah. you do that? I did that in Paris as well. OK. That was lovely, yeah. Paris has
0: got great digs.
1: Yeah, really nice... In lovely, lovely little uh, boulangeries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So when are you doing Guys and Dolls?
1: So Guys and Dolls is starting in March and it goes through to July and it's in a really beautiful theatre that's reopening just off the Champs-Élysées called Theatre Marigny. And it looks very pretty. Oh,
0: Paris yeah. in the Spring, that's yeah. so perfect. I know, excited. What a nice so way to sort of to go away for a bit. And then...
1: Yeah, and it's a really like singing role this time so I can rest the legs and get the pipes going brilliant
0: well thank you so much it's oh, been so no lovely worries. to
1: chat thank you for having me
0: anytime anytime you've got until the 5th of january to see claire in 42nd street before the theater closes for a big refurbishment but if you can't get there before then there is a cast recording you can listen to instead next time on the podcast we're going backstage with amy manford who's the alternate christine in phantom of the opera at her majesty's theater To make sure you don't miss it, subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was co-produced by the wonderful Ben Stones. Thanks also to David Bloom at Storyhouse PR. That's it. Thanks for listening.